who are nice, who are friendly, who are outgoing, who are kind to animals, uh, who are just, just good people until you start talking about the Word of God. And it just seems as if it's a Jekyll and Hyde situation. And you're starting to see it more and more uh, with, with the folks. So I think we need to expect it more and more. So here Paul encourages Timothy. And when I read all this, I believe that, that the Holy Spirit moved on Paul like that to encourage Timothy at his church in Ephesus, and it's an encouragement to us here at our church in St. Louis as we study God's Word together. Verse 21, chapter 5. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality. Again, I take you back to Philippians 2, let each esteem others better than themselves. I believe that all through the scriptures, especially in this day of grace, in the church structure, we are to understand that, that we are supposed to uh, not be partial. We are not to show favoritism. And how important that is. Neil. Janet has her hand up. Who? Janet. Oh. Uh, Point your hand up, Janet.
which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Isn't that interesting? Which things the angels desire to look into. I, I think the angels are fascinated by the truth of, of God's word. I think they're I think they're fascinated by God's plan of salvation. I think that's a one reason when Christ told told them that 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 the angels in heaven rejoice when one lost sinner comes. That's how important that self God's reconnection to fallen man is. Uh, so I, I think here in First Timothy, the Apostle Paul is stressing to Timothy how important his message is, how necessary it is that he stand firm on the Word of God. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels, um, understanding how important this whole plan of redemption is that took place from before the foundation of the world. It was part of God's plan and program. That thou observe these things without referring one another, doing nothing by partiality. Again, I think that who they are are those that that did not fall, that did not follow Satan. And by the way, 1 Corinthians 6 tells us that we're going to do what in heaven. What's one of the jobs that the Bible does tell us we're going to do in heaven? Judge angels. We're going to judge angels. And I don't think Why, I mean, I guess I don't understand why, if these are fallen angels, why are they going to be in heaven? Wouldn't they be cast out? I mean, not cast out, but, you know, ended, like every, all the people who are unrepentant in the world, like... No, I don't, I think angels are in heaven right now. Satan is 
Satan still goes. Satan still goes to heaven. But I mean, even like. Yeah. In Revelation 12, midway through the tribulation, is when there's going to be the major war in heaven. Yeah, but I mean, like after that, even then, still there's still going to be fallen angels in heaven. No, but just see what happens. Actually, it's a good question. Can I give you my take on what happens? Yeah. Yeah. How How do we judge angels? I don't think that we're going to be lined up and they're going to appear to us and we're going to go guilty, guilty, guilty. Yeah. I don't think that's at all. Look at Romans 16. And maybe we won't get through the first two. But this is good. This, this is important. Look at Romans 16. And it goes back to that 1 Corinthians 6, verse 3. They're, they're totally not, we're going to judge angels. Verse 20 of Romans 16. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet. Who, who's he talking to here? The believers. He's talking to believers. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. The, the word uh, under is, is hupo. It implies legal subjection. God is going to bruise Satan. We're going to judge angels. I think that occurs at the rapture of the church. I believe that when we are called up to meet the Lord in the air and we assume our position, look at, look at Revelation 12. Now this is one of those things that if it doesn't turn out to be this way, uh, it's okay. It's okay. Verse 7. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. And there was war in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. Their place. Who's, who's taken up their place? I think we've taken up our place, and just by our presence, and, and they're booted from that place. And, and look, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceives the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out uh, with him. Uh, so their place was found no more in heaven. I, I think that is part of that. God is going to bruise Satan on your feet shortly, and we're going to judge angels. Uh, I think that takes place when we're raptured and we take our position. So when it says "shall judge," it's like a, a one-time thing. It's not like a, okay. That makes that makes more sense then. Okay. That's my take. Now, okay. if again, if we get there yeah. and there's a big old long line, yeah. you know. <laughs> We're in heaven, so it's not going to matter. We've got all eternity to do it. Yeah. But it's just, it's going to be that. So they'll elect angels the same ones, like in Matthew 24, when it talks about gathering. Yeah. Those are all. I think those, again, I think the term elect angels are referring to those that did not, uh, did not rebel. But also, you got to think of, the, the term where God will do if you Christ in, during his earthly ministry and talking to the apostles, he informed them that if you deny me before men, I'll deny before my Father in heaven and who else? The elect angels. So that that phrase is used a lot. Now Again, I believe it's the angels that didn't fall. Is it Gabriel and Michael and those that didn't give their names to? We don't know. John? I believe you're on target there because there's not going to be a whole lot of them because they're already guilty. Right. I mean, we can't judge them guilty because they already are. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Because you, what, what are you going to say? Uh, you're going to look and go, oh, you, know, it, it, you can't judge their works because it's all evil. So I think it has to do with us taking up our position and them not having a place and we 
we blew them out. And I like the thought of it. Good one. I have two questions. One in Revelation 12, that's where the rapture takes place, you think? No, I think the rapture takes place prior to that, but I think that's where we, Revelation 12 is sort of a parenthesis right in the middle of that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the rapture takes place and then the tribulation starts. I don't think it, where Revelation 12 is, is midway through, and that is more of a parenthesis, that is more of a, oh yeah, and this. Yeah, back, meanwhile, back at the ranch. That's what that is. I have another question. You said Adam saw God. He walked with God. Yeah. So was Adam the only person who ever saw God? Because in Moses, whenever Moses goes and talks to him, God puts his hand up and goes and passes by. So nobody other than Adam ever saw that? I think I think it was the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus. I think it was the Lord. When, when Adam saw was was Christ in uh, uh, Christ before the incarnation. Yeah. The, when he, he saw that Christ is God and he didn't see God the Father, no man seen him because he is spirit. And so, so you think it was Christ that he was talking about? I think it was Christ that he walked into the right. So and Christ I think is God in the, in the flesh. Christ is God in the flesh. Christ is God in the flesh now, but at that time, mm -hmm. that was pre-incarnation. That was what they call a theophany. It was prior to him becoming man. So he was still, uh, just like Abraham saw Christ. You know that? Abraham saw Christ, he presented himself, but not God the Father. Moses, when, uh, I, I think that the way Christ presented himself then was in such a state of holiness and power and might that there was no way that Moses could. Because he's so good. Correct. Diana. Two questions. One is what is uh, the incarnation and another one is what's theophany? The theophany is, well, incarnation is God becoming man. When Christ became man. That's incarnation. Okay. Theophany is Christ prior to him becoming man. Where you just he Abraham saw him. Uh Jacob was pre incarnation Christ. So anyway, let's move it on along.
Verse 23, drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thy often infirmities. Timothy had uh, a health issue. And again, it's another strong dispensational point where why didn't Paul just come along and touch him and heal him and say, okay, you're healed, don't worry about it. It's because the gift of healing had passed. Now, that doesn't mean that God doesn't heal. God, we believe in divine healing. We don't believe in the gift of healing. This is another indication that the gift of healing had, had passed. Yes. So, yeah. In Romans 12, it lists a whole bunch of others for administration, but that was during the transition. And in Ephesians 5, 4, Ephesians 4. It, it lists all the other uh, yeah, there's only five. pastor, evangelist, uh, they're there today. Uh, so first, if you compare, then you know why. We don't have the gift of prophecy, the gift of tongues, the gift of knowledge. Uh, those have passed away. And then the gift, the gift of healing. For uh, a man can come and lay hands on someone and, and heal them. That, that gift no longer exists. And I think that goes back to this dispensation of grace and God's desire for us to exercise faith for we walk by faith, not by sight. Can you? Israel was given every opportunity to see the power of God. When Christ walked on the earth, He healed the sick. All, all of those things was just one uh, miracle after another. As a matter of fact, John tells us that if all the miracles that Christ performed were written in a book, there are not enough libraries in the world to contain the Bible. And it was much more than just faith. They were walking by sight. You see a, a dead man brought back to life. Uh, that's a pretty good indication of God's at work. You see blind people that, that are given their sight. And have you ever noticed all the places today where those miracles supposedly take place are where? Where? Charlatan, um, 
were you actually owning a human being? If that person worked for you, you had responsibilities, serious responsibilities. Look at Deuteronomy 20. Look at Deuteronomy 20.
But look at uh, Exodus 21 2. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service or as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whosoever, 
And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. Back to 1 Timothy 6. Let's read on down a bit further. Verse 2. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them. You go to the book of Philemon. That's what the book of Philemon is all about. And and, and, uh, Paul writing uh, to Philemon to take Onesimus back. Remember that? And the whole plan of redemption is God's intent there. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit. These things teach teach and exhort. Again, in God's plan, in in God's (coughs) how, how industry, how the whole how business operated during during those times uh, it was either life or death for these people life if they had someone who was willing to provide for them both food and shelter and clothing that was important kept them alive and so that but God had rules as to how you treated those people. Wasn't the overall picture is to keep all 12 tribes intact because wherever you go, the 12 tribes are all the way into eternity? Except now. Huh? Except for now. Because right now, God's no respect for persons. And yeah, but when you go into the tribulation, you're back to the law and the 12 tribes. So they still have to be kept intact. But only God knows at this point. I think only God knows where those 12 tribes, where they are, how that's going to reunify <coughs> in the nation of Israel. They'll uh, come back. God's word says they're going to. How it's going to happen? Is it going to be done through DNA? Uh, they are now with the priests. Yeah. So they know who the priests are for DNA. It's going to be interesting. How that, here's what I do know is it's going to happen. How it's going to be for it to be. Hmm. There's so many things that I don't know. That's good. Verse 3. Right. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strife for words which cometh envy, strife, railings, and evil surmising. Again, he goes back to Timothy. Don't argue. Don't put up with vain jangling. Don't don't get involved in those type of discussions that aren't going to benefit. You are are the hearer. Uh, The words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to make sure we understand that the words that Paul speaks are from who? From whom? The Lord Jesus Christ. What Paul speaks is from the Lord Jesus. Look at Galatians. Just to make sure we look clear on that.
brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. In other words, he didn't get it from twelve apostles. He didn't get it from any man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. So what Paul is teaching, what Paul is instructing, is from the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, look at Titus 1 3. We're talking about that when we get there. Look at Titus 1 verse 3. But hath in due time, in due times, manifested his word, who's he talking about? Jesus? Through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. In Corinthians, he talks about the multiple revelations. Look at 2 Corinthians 12. Verse 1. It is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. So that revelation of the mystery, what Paul received, was absolutely from the Lord Jesus Christ. So back here at 1 Timothy, as we wrap it up this evening, 1 Timothy chapter, chapter 6. If any man teach otherwise, if he sent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud and knoweth nothing but doting about questions and strife of words, where cometh envy, strife, ratings, evil, surmising. Basically, Timothy, don't worry yourself with that. Don't involve yourself with that. These debates and things of that sort, they're, they're not going to accomplish anything. Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness from such withdrawal thyself. Matter of fact, going back to those prosperity preachers and all of that kind of garbage, uh, what's one of their indicators? What's a barometer to them that they are blessed with God? They got money. They have mansions. They have cars. They have fancy clothes. Right.
covetous. The love of money is the root of all evil, which while some covet after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. By the way, when we get to 2 Timothy, what uh, somebody Paul's going to say, I fought the good fight when I finished my course. And his death was ruined right then. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickens all things, and before Christ Jesus, whom before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he shall show, who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who, on, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach, unto whom no man hath seen, nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. I'm going to take back up there on that verse next week, because that's a verse we need to talk about in detail. As far as how we get eternal life. We do. And it has to do with who we are in Christ. Okay. This is uh, about slavery. And the United States Marines were formed because the slave ships were taking men off of our ships and making them slaves. And the word slave comes from Slavic nations because they would go up and down the coast and capture slaves. And uh, our president, um, the president we had at the time got very angry because they took slaves off of American ships and made them slaves. So he formed the Marines for a stop to it. Okay, any more questions or comments? Let's do it. All right, we had a good, good showing out there.